Kid Icarus, get ready for the action and adventure of Greek mythology translated to the video age. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And guys, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm still thinking about games like Castlevania and Super yeah. Mario Brothers, but we got a good one today. We got Kid Icarus, uh, a game that Nintendo made and just kind of <laughs> forgot about for a, a good decade or two, and then now uh, Pits and Smash and... Politennas and Smash, and it's been a Kid Icarus Renaissance. Well, I mean, it's not; it hasn't been as good as like a Fire Emblem Renaissance. But if we remember, like Fire Emblem is also like it was always big in Japan. It just got big here again. Yeah, but it's just nice to see that you know that franchise is still kicking around on like other Nintendo franchises. Like, when is Rob gonna get another game? I think (laughs) soon. I think soon. This is kind of a spiritual Rob successor. Yeah, I I think of it that way a lot. You know, in the way that like it's almost the same, but Pit doesn't stack blocks or move blocks right. at all Which is or like my biggest destroy flaws. blocks <laughs> um he doesn't do that so that's my deal breaker on if uh kid icarus is a rob clone not an essential rob yeah game. not an essential rob game thankfully this isn't part of the rob series this is uh kid icarus uh directed by a bunch a bunch of different people it's a, no no no. it's true it's we'll get into the development later in the game but it's it's actually like hard to really like land on who's responsible for this game, but we'll tease that for now and go to that later. For now, I'd like to get some first impressions from you guys. Joe? So I've seen very, very little amounts of like footage of this game being played, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't have too high of hopes for it from what I remembered, but this time, for the first time, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to read the manual before I even touch the game, which I know that's that's Sam's thing, but I, I never right. read the manual before I even touch the game. And the manual, first of all, that's my first impression, is like a novel. I mean, there's, I mean, for an NES manual, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of story set up in there. Ten pages. Is it ten pages? It's, like, it's yeah. a story book. And, and yeah. three or four of them is the, is the like, the background, like, the, the story of what's going on. Oh, no, ten pages of story. Oh, right. is it? That, yeah. yeah. Oh, There's okay. more pages of things in general, but, yeah, it's, like, it I, starts yeah. all the way back with, like, let us go back to the distant past. You right. know, it's, like, it's, yeah, like yeah. A, it's like a novel. Right. And I was just looking mm-hmm. at a PDF, so I don't, I don't remember I don't remember how, right, how many right. pages Right, It's actually, it's interesting enough, it's hosted on uh, Nintendo's website still, the oh, original wow. manual. Mm-hmm. Joe, continue with your um, first impressions. <laughs> no, so then when I played the played the actual game, I was right away. I was I was impressed with the movement of it. I was impressed that there is a sort of a save function because it gives you a password when you die. And it after having read the manual, it kind of felt like a like a the first one that really feels like a full adventure. The kind of this is the kind of thing that I look for in a video game. Like I want to feel like like I'm going on this adventure. Like there's a story to be told and. I was kind of really excited when I started playing this game. I was hoping it would deliver, and we'll get into whether or not I thought it delivered later. Now, just real quick, you mentioned the password system, uh, and obviously that's kind of new for us as we're playing these games chronologically, but they're going to come about uh, for many NES games. So I'm just curious, what do you think about the length of the passwords? I thought, I thought, I mean, I assume that there's a very detailed level of what it's remembering oh, yeah, it's in got, there. Oh, yeah, it's got items. Because, and... yeah, what, what is it? There's four lines of, of like, what eight digits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, I think you could even spell things out. Uh, you know, I don't know the exact cheats, but you can spell things out in the passwords for something where it's like, you know, kid, kid, Icarus, kid, kid, Icarus. And yeah, like I use that, that cheat. Yeah, and yeah. like th- those cheats will like do stuff for you in the game. So I think like, mm. you know, it's a neat password system. and It's kind of cool to see this, uh, you know, early on in the NES. Sean, what are your first impressions? My first impression is that this is the most complex adventure game I've seen so far. I'm, I like where things are headed. Um, with how much like RPG elements they've introduced in this game between like a currency system and um, leveling up your uh, like your max HP and all these side quest things you can go on and actual v- like vendors and merchants like I really like all of that. Um, it's got some good music. There's some parts that I, that are way too like Byzantine for me, but I'll go into that as well. Um, but yeah, overall, I was excited by um, what I was signing up for. Very cool, very cool. I like that word, Byzantine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Kid Icarus is a... Uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. And I think, you know, just my for a point of reference here, I think I stand with a lot of players where, you know, we first even found out about Kid Icarus maybe in, like, Super Smash Brothers Melee when he was just a trophy. And you're like, oh, who's that guy? And you, like, read a little bio about him and, like, oh, Nintendo made this game on the NES that they've never, like, talked about. And then, you know, he came to Brawl, and I wasn't, like, too psyched about it or anything. But we started to see a lot of games based off of those, and we were waiting for, like, when's the Kid Icarus game going to come around? And... Funny enough, Sakurai actually wound up making the Kid Icarus Uprising game for the 3DS. Uh, he's also the developer for the, uh, not the developer, the, the the director for Super Smash Bros. series in general. So he makes the Uprising game, and I gave that a try first before I ever touched this NES game. I, I actually went to this NES game cold. I had never heard anything positive or negative about it. So with all of that in mind... I'm blown away by this game. Like it's such a surprise to just like see this game and to to not hear it more often when it's yeah. when it's talked about on lists and stuff like that because this comes out really close to Legend of Zelda and Metroid time, but it seems like those two just left this one in the dust. But similar to what you guys were both saying, you know, when I started the game, I just thought like, oh, it's a it's a platform game, you know, with some shooting mechanics and stuff like that. And then you go into a room and you can buy stuff and then you go into another room and you upgrade yourself. It's mm-hmm. like and then you realize like, oh, you're only on world one one and you can continue, you know, and it's a long, long game. It's like it continued to change what it is. And that was very exciting for me. So honestly, really nice surprise at this one, but not without its flaws. Yes. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Kid Icarus from an objective standpoint. Uh, in case you didn't know, Kid Icarus is an action platformer with some RPG elements. You control Pit through four worlds of vertical and horizontal platforming, obtaining new weapons along the way and upgrading your old ones. 
So that's kind of like the copy-paste formula for these action platformer RPG yes. games, I guess. But more exciting is the actual plot of the game. Do either one of you want to tackle that plot, Joe? Uh, I can, yeah, I'll take a take a shot at it because I really was. You don't have to be perfect because no, no, it, no. it is ten pages of memory. <laughs> Trust me, I'll, I will give you the the Cliff Notes version of of the plot. But the the manual leads you into the fact that you're that this this kingdom has existed forever. And what? So, what's the uh, the goddess's name? Palutena. Palutena. I think it's Palutena. Yeah, Palutena. Whatever. Um, Palutena and Medusa, who we know Medusa already from Castlevania, um, or mythology, or, or mythology. But yeah, I'm talking I, about. Did in you the make that connection that like Medusa? This is the same Medusa. Like yeah. after she was done with <laughs> from Castlevania. That, yeah. yeah, that was a uh, that was just Medusa's head. In the prior game. Also, but no, right. I imagine that this game is a prequel to Castlevania. It takes place, like, you know, about a thousand or two thousand right. years yeah, before it. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you're in, you're in Angel Land. Angel Land, yeah. Angel a, Land is they the don't really, name like, make of it, the yeah. land. There's no Greek euphemism there. It's just Angel Land. Palutina used her, used her light to help crops grow for the, for the men and the gods that lived in Angel Land. And Medusa, who hated mankind, used to dry out the crops. Uh, and turn people into statues. So Palutina banished Medusa. I feel like I'm reading like a story. Like yeah, a, yeah, like you're a pretty much giving story. us a story time here. Also, uh, I like how every time you say Palutena, it changes. Palutena, Palutina, Chubby like, Cherub. You might as well cover all your bases here, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't make those any names pronunciation, that hard. yeah. But yeah, so Medusa's kind of yeah. like, she's doing all this crazy stuff. And Medusa looks nothing like how I remember a Medusa. Why don't we just call her Lil P? Lil P? Lil P. Oh, yeah. That's how I have it oh, in my notes. Well, she's Big P. Pit could be, yeah. Pit's Lil P. Yep. Um, right. So Medusa joins up with the monsters, builds an army. She's banished to the underworld at the time. So she builds an army. She arises from the underworld, takes over the the main world and the Earth. whatever the the, yeah, the main yeah, world. The main That's world. what I call it. That's what I call like where we live here. The yeah. main we world. live on the main world, <laughs> and then there's where Palutena lives. Yeah. Palutena lives, which is like the heaven of it. I don't remember what they call it particularly. The the yeah. It's not like Olympus or anything. They yeah, know, yeah, like a not, yeah. Sky but World. Or she's something. like imprisoned. Yeah, so she imprisons Pelotina, and in a place where Pit already is, and Pelotina apparently has the magic to give Pit an No, no, I think she was like projecting her will from the from the Sky Prison. Oh, I, so I thought she to she Pit's prison in the underworld. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, and so Pit is like it's a, you know, he's the last surviving yeah. uh person mm-hmm. in Palutena's army. So it's like it's funny because it's like he'll have to do like right. there's but he always, was also like, this joke about how he's not really that competent. Yeah, he's not, you know, like how like to get captured? He's this little guy, <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, he'll have to do. And I think the game kind of makes fun of that a lot. <laughs> well, in, but, like, but I mean, he got captured, but everyone else got dead. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> well, he, got dead or similar to like Super Mario sixty four, where the toads are actually just chained to the walls. Oh, God. You know, it's like maybe you know they just turned to stone. Oh, they got petrified. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, because you can see. We'll get into some the stone guys though later. Yeah, so that's a, that, you know that's pretty much the story in a nutshell. Sorry to confuse you guys <laughs> out there. Long story short, Medusa's the villain. Yeah, uh, and, and you're this little scrawny guy, Pit, and you really start off scrawny. I mean, your arrows are getting you're not even shooting yeah. them throughout the entirety of the screen. They they just fall <laughs> right in front of your feet. I don't yeah, know it's how like, they're killing anything. Yeah, but. you got to work on those biceps. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really bad. So let's let's get into the fundamentals of the game. You, you know, first, the shooting, which we talked about. It's it's kind of awful at yeah. first. But there's, there's ways to upgrade. Sure. And uh, I like that you can shoot up, but I... I didn't, only straight up. Yeah, only straight up. And I also just didn't appreciate, though, that, like, you're kind of locked 
when you have to do that. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you you can't, can't move strafe or yeah. anything. Yeah, but it doesn't it, make sense because you... he can shoot in the air, like, yeah, other right. directions and be moving, but he up, he has to be, like, yeah. a it's fixed an interesting position. design decision, That's I also guess. true when you crouch. You crouch and you, like, at least in, like, Mario, you crouch, you slide a little bit. Oh, Pit doesn't crouch. slide? Maybe he, maybe he does a little bit. I don't think you can slide under things. It like might have can been in, even um, the surface he was on yeah. with sliding, because there are surfaces in this game, like ice and stuff like that, that will cause you to slide. But, you know, right. I guess the, the long story short is that you are a, a flawed hero. Like, you can't do everything. Right. right. But you're on your way, uh, because you're going to, along the way, there's plenty of different, like, shops, and there's even a black market yeah. uh, to go to and stuff like that. So, real quick, maybe we just start right at the beginning. We're on, uh, you know, in World 1, it's a vertical platformer, which I thought was interesting, similar to, like, Super Mario Brothers 2 style. Yeah. Um, the thing that's wrong with this, though, and this is one of the things that irked me for most of like the vertical portions, was um, it you can't go backward, and if you fall into like a previous area, you die. It doesn't matter if there was a platform below you at some point. Like the screen kills you, and I I thought we got past this. I, I see what you mean by like the the logic of it bothering you, but the actual gameplay of it didn't bother me because it felt like that I, no, was, the was very frustrating. I'm not going to give this a pass either, and here's why: because of what Sean just said. I, I thought we got past this, you know, like from a from a programming standpoint. We've seen like Castlevania; you can go back to, uh, you know, obviously you can't reopen the old doors, but a- anywhere in that level that you're currently on, you can walk back to. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense here that like the platform I was just on because I've jumped to the next one. Now there's just a, you know a pit. Right. It's not like I, no, that I, world is. I completely agree. It doesn't make yeah. sense on like a story or like a, a story standpoint. But I, I didn't mind it, it in the gameplay. In gameplay. I don't the know, the only reason I didn't mind in the gameplay is I feel like at least in the first world where it wasn't too difficult yet. I didn't get to. I didn't really get to the third world where it's another vertical. It wasn't too difficult yet in the first world. At least that presented more of a challenge. Like that's how I died the most. <laughs> this game is not lacking in challenge. That's yeah, this true. game that's is true. certainly not lacking in challenge. And I do think this is one of the more difficult mechanics early on uh, because you're not really dealing with tough enemies yet. No. They're mostly just like these little snake guys. And those one-eyed, like, flying monsters. Mm-hmm. But then there's the Reapers. Yeah, and they uh, call in they their little suck. Reapers. Yes. What would you call them? They do suck. They, oh, <laughs> the, okay. The I thought you were making, yes. like, a Medusa. No. Oh, <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're called Reapets. Yeah, Reapets? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which makes sense because, I mean, we can't have the Grim Reaper from Castlevania in this game as well. <laughs> and not so many of them. So, yeah, those re- there was Reapets going around. Uh, they're they're a really cool mechanic though of playing like hide and seek yeah, in a, it's a vertical bit of a level stealth portion. I yeah, guess. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, because I mean, you know, in this vertical level, thankfully, you can wrap around. This is another strange thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the game even designs itself a little bit around that. In oh, I know. Portions, yeah, yeah. Which I, which I thought was a nice touch in terms of design. Mm-hmm. Here's something I'll say about the design of just all the levels is that you know there's a lot of thought put into like where enemies should be. Uh, not as perfect again as Super Mario Brothers, yeah. um, but in the sense that like you're not overwhelmed at any particular point, and when you are overwhelmed, you're supposed to be. You know, like you've been spotted by a repet. Now those flying snake guys come around, and you've got to deal with the flying eye guys. And there's not much space, and you've got a black hole below you. <laughs> so it's like you've you know you've put yourself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. You know what? No, that that's that's victim blaming. I think like <laughs> no, this game, you're not putting yourself. The game is doing this to you. 
I don't know. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree that the game the game is hard, and I think that might be something that's holding it back. But Legend of Zelda and Metroid are both very hard games too, so I can't imagine that yeah. being a reason for this game falling. Yeah, trust me, I think this game is is very hard, and I I didn't beat it, and I I do want to at some point try and beat it because I I had that much fun. But um, yeah, it got to the point where I was like, wow, I'm gonna need to practice in order to get any further. But I do think for me, it, at least the far as far as I got, it was easier than Castlevania. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you guys no, agree. And I but. feel I, no, I like this because it's also like they're you know, because of the password system, you're even able to keep your progress as a character. Yeah. Which I like, you know? So it's not like, you know, in Castlevania, if you start over on the on the same level, it's like, yeah, well you now you don't have the whip, whip and you yeah. you know, you don't have the full powerful whip and you don't have the, your secondary weapon. Here it's like any strength upgrades you got, any mallets you had, any uh potions you were holding on to, all that stuff stays. So I think that's a nice touch. Yeah, it's you're able to uh to hone your your craft over a couple weeks and stay on the same save file instead of like all right, I guess I'm done trying to beat Castlevania today. I'll try again from the beginning yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and that, that's another thing uh, that I kind of talked about in the beginning. The game's long. Yeah. Uh, Kid Icarus yes. is a pretty long game. Even if you're just kind of flying by everything, if you're not like tackling every enemy and just trying to get from point A to point B, there's still fairly long stages. Yeah. Uh, and there's four levels on each of the three worlds, Right. Uh, which I thought was, you know, like a there was enough there that I didn't get like... I don't know. I didn't get tired of the levels, but I do think that, like, by the time I got to the boss uh, dungeon, what do we call that? A fortress, fortress right? Yeah. yeah. By the time we got to the fortress, I was happy to be done with that section. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did think that the, the way the worlds are laid out, at least, like, in the manual, the way that you see them on, like, a map, makes it more so than other games where you can kind of tell where you are in the world based on the game. Like, you start out going vertically to try and get up out of the underworld, then you're going horizontally to move towards the sky, sky you know, the sky, sky elevator area. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going vertically again, and then you're going horizontally yeah, it gives again. A, oh, yeah. like, like context to your gameplay. I, exactly. I, I like that. Um, I think a lot of those more ambiguous things, um, this game does very well. Um, I, I, me and you are in agreement on like the more like hard uh, like gameplay. Um, design decisions i think like i think they made a lot more mistakes than i think you did you mean that, that i think you think of right you mean oh, i mean like referencing the falling in the yeah like yeah. stuff like that yeah uh, and i and i i can see your guys side of that too i guess i just playing devil's advocate but let me let me ask you what would what would happen in your version if you fell if and, and you scrolls. you just keep scrolling like you're at the top you fall off and you don't hit anything. You just keep falling and never... Well, so I'll give you an example here from a game that we'll be playing shortly that I have played before. Metroid, in that game, you can fall and you won't die. You'll just continue to fall. But more than likely, you'll as you're something. falling, you'll see a platform that you right. can fall right. to. Yeah. You know, It's not like you fall in a hard, straight line. Sure, sure. You have like the will to move to the left and right. But I I think like even going back to you know, the difficulty thing... There's not really a lot of ways to recover your health no. uh, throughout the level. I think early on, they tease this idea because it happened so early in the very first stage. The spas? That, 
not even the spa, but just like those potions, you know, like the, oh, the, yeah, the yeah. not the chalice, the water. Yeah. but before you even yeah. get the bottles, just the chalice alone. Mm-hmm. And you drink that and you get most of your health back. It happens so early on in stage one. It's right after the first two Reaper fights that you think like, oh, I'm going to see these like pretty often. Yeah. I rarely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Into those you had things. to like buy them most often. Yeah. Most yeah. of them you had to buy them. And my, my strategy was just to buy the bottles instead yeah. of the chalices. Cause I was like, I ain't got time to waste, you know, my hearts. So yeah. what is our current? Yeah, the hearts. Yeah, let's talk about the currency because I think that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting scenario here because I would think that the enemies would be a perfect opportunity to give you a little bit of health, but instead they give you hearts just like Castlevania gave us hearts. Now we got yeah. another game giving us hearts, but they're currency. And small little enemies will give you just one heart. Then there's like big half hearts that from medium enemies that will give you five. And then the big full heart is ten. And somehow you have to collect, like, enough of these to be able to afford, like, 500 heart things in the store. The stores have, like, ridiculous prices, and they don't shy away from that ever. Like, the (laughs) very first stage. (laughs) Can anyone afford anything by the time they get to that first stage? I mean, if they have, like, a hammer for 20 or something like that, That's true, yeah, the hammer. But everything else is outside of my price And you get so many hammers throughout. That's, like, the one thing I don't ever feel like I want to buy. Like, you get hammers throughout... I mean, they're, they're cheap enough that it's just like, okay, I can sure. buy a couple. Yeah, but do you really want to be wasting your hearts when you could get something like a barrel? True. Yeah. True. Can you explain what a barrel does? <laughs> because that sounds really stupid. It, well, yeah, Pitt <laughs> just picks up the barrel and he throws it at the end. No. Yeah, it's like a donkey. <laughs> we haven't even explained what hearts, what, what, what hammers do. You yeah, know? yeah we, right. we'll get into yeah. all of that. I, th- I think this is actually a perfect time to transition over to items, and we can kind of just start right away in the store. So you get to the store, and there's usually three items for sale. I think it's random. I don't think that there's a way to determine beforehand which... Yeah, I'm not Which sure. They have changed from playthrough to playthrough, I think. But yeah, so you have, uh, you know, you have the chalice, uh, which gives you like a little bit of life back, and that's usually pretty cheap. I recommend not buying that. Uh, then you have the bottle, which is great because if you lose all of your health, you won't get a game over screen. You Instead, remember you have the bottle. Yeah, you'll you'll have yeah. the bottle. <laughs> You'll drink out of it, and you'll get, like, a quarter of your health back. I thought I was going to get my entire health bar. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a full, like, you know how, like, energy meters in Metroid? Yeah. Like, I thought we were going to get one of those where it's like, oh, I got my whole life back. But it was like, get no, I get a quarter of it. Yeah. So the barrel's really good because the barrel will give you, so this way you can hold up to eight bottles. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, that definitely extends the amount of time you're staying alive significantly because some at a certain point unless you point, fall into a pit unless you fall into a pit but <laughs> no 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 the pit has a there's a solution to the pit there is yes that's the feather that's the feather oh, yes. yeah but you only get one use of like this right or well as long as yeah you can only hold on to i think one but like it, you fall and you come right back up off the screen and it's, that's kind of cool because it's like Pitt is an angel who can't fly, but now this feather gives him the ability to fly only when in perilous danger. Yeah. And then on, like, a weird note, there's a credit card that you can buy. Which is, it doesn't work for, like, the aesthetic of this game. But, you know, it doesn't it, though? This game is already showing off how, like, it's kind of a little weird, and it's kind of funny, and, like, like, think about, like, some of the enemies in this game, like, those guys that look like the Rolling Stone tongues. Uh, (laughs) I think they're in stage three, uh, world three. Uh, you know, you got guys like that. You got the spec nose guys. Who are yeah, the big like the, yeah, the mustache. Yeah. And the, but like, none of that, none of that yeah. puts it in a time period. Like we, I've come to conclude that this game is in. Uh, 
times of myth or at the very least ancient I mean, Greece. The, yeah, the yeah. back of the box even tells yeah. us so. And then there's a credit card. Yeah. There's and nothing the, and else. The sprite is just a credit, it's a credit card. card. Like what do you guys why do you guys think so poorly of like Greek mythology that they couldn't have conceived the concept because of they cards. didn't Mike well, it's, it's the ma- magnetic strip that seems like <laughs> it might be a challenge strip. <laughs> well we never see Pitt use the magnetic strip in the game but guys what does the credit card do it allows you to buy on credit like a credit card does but you can buy on credit uh, and then like immediately afterwards now you just have the total uh, that you owe on the credit card up in the corner <laughs> and as you collect hearts in the game you don't get those hearts it just goes down yeah. on credit this is a game right. about paying off your student loans <laughs> this is the original animal crossing so, yeah. so i never i never used the credit card is, well, there, is seems, there a credit limit there's well there is no, a credit just, limit yeah. it's your first purchase okay your like, first yeah, you, so buy you better buy, so you the, buy a hammer you can't, can't buy, buy anything, anything else, else. Yeah. you better buy the best thing yeah. because yeah, you only get one use out of the credit card too. It's not like pay it down and then you know <laughs> you can't put pay installments again. But yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I would. I don't know if there was like interest. I wasn't really checking in on that regard. But that would have been another cool. Interest. thing. If there was interest, that would that would be impressive. Interest on each world, you know, like so once you get to like one two, it's like hey, you had all last stage to get me back my money. I, yeah, but I think the actual interest is just like, oh god, I'm in debt. I'm in, I'm already in a new world. I need items, but I can't buy any. Like you, you. It's a really yeah, good, you're in a foreign land. It's and a you good don't have any money. debt anxiety simulator. <laughs> I don't, I don't think a lot of people know this, but I'll, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, in the store, when you go in there and you see the prices and you're like, this is outrageous. <laughs> did, did you guys know that you can haggle with the store? Somehow I knew you were How? about to say that. How but do you I do had that? no idea that that was There's no way to interact with the guys for shooting arrows. So first off, I'm not going to try to give too much backstory right here, but basically the Famicom version of this game is just a little different, but most notably the difference on the Famicom controllers is that they had a microphone built into them. <laughs> So using the microphone in on the Famicom, you could shout into it, and by shouting into it when you're in the stores, you will get a reaction out of the store owner, you know, to like basically like you're bartering with him, and he will either lower the prices or get pissed off and raise them even so, further. But this just picks up that you've shouted it and just decides picks up randomly. That you've it's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it's not even just talking. You have to shout. But... You can do it on the NES version as well by exploiting, uh, taking the second controller, plugging that into port 2, and then hitting A and B at the same time. And then that will do wow. the same result as the shouting did, and the things will either go down or up in the store. And I found for the most part they go down, 
but man, when they go up, he really shoots up the prices. <laughs> really? like, I saw something selling for nine hundred. You know, nine hundred like hearts. You can only but, carry but like nine nine nine. Yes, exactly. But that, does that carry over to like the next time you find that item? It'll still be that price. No, no, okay. no, no. It's just for that specific. Yeah. You know, because you're imagining each one of them being a different dealer. Right. 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 It's not like it's a traveling I they, salesman. I don't know. They talk to each other. You know, because like, if he know. was traveling around doing all this stuff, it's like he might as well defeat Medusa. I mean, they might have cell phones <laughs> to talk to each other. They have credit cards. No, they he's part be... of like. He's he's part of the uh, Medusa uh, uh, regime. Yeah, I was gonna say, who are these scummy guys yeah. that have all this equipment and the world is in peril? And they're like, "Well, this is a chance for me to make a quick buck off the kid." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. It's just uh, you know profit off of uh, profit out of crisis. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So th- that's the store. I can't believe it. We talked about the store for that long. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the treasure chamber? That's the yes. one with the pots? Yeah, it's basically uh, you're gambling every time you walk in there. Um, so there's gambling in the game now, yeah. too. There's credit there's cards, the there's gambling, so there's haggling. So basically you got, um, was it like nine platforms in there? Yeah, I think it's nine. There's, uh, well, you know, four on each side and then one in the middle. Yeah, so you can go and break all those treasure chests, and usually they have a full heart or a hammer or, you know, yeah, something Never anything like that, that good. Nothing it's always like yeah. stuff you want to collect. And then if you're unlucky or just you have average luck, you'll probably come across the god of poverty. The god of <laughs> that poverty. That is literally what, yeah, that's what it's called. called. The god of poverty lives in treasure chests, and like if you get really greedy and try to open too many, or, if, again, if you're unlucky, you, your first one may be the god of poverty. Uh, he just takes everything away from you. Um, but Only you, everything that you opened in that Everything room. that you yeah. opened, yes. Because when I read the manual, I thought he was going to take all my items, and yeah. I was terrified of that god yeah, of was, poverty. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah it, was a, it was a little... Anxiety inducing. But if you get to the last one and you open it, it's usually something a little bit more valuable, like a feather. Yeah, it's funny. I never, I mean, like, I never was risky enough to try to do them all anyway. Like, I usually I would just, like, open up one, see a heart, and be like, that's good enough. Yeah, I'll try I'll try one more. And then, like, it'd be <laughs> the god of poverty. And I'd be like, wow, I'm really bad at this. Because as often as it seems like you might get the god of poverty, it's, you only have a one in nine chance of summoning him. Like, you should play the game a little bit. But then it's like, isn't it then you get, like, one in eight and then one yeah, in seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Look, I'm not saying take it all the way. Okay? That's like, <laughs> it's like deal or no deal mentality. Yeah, okay? exactly. Where right. it's not good to open up all the briefcases, <laughs> but it's certainly good to open up at least half of them so that you can get a better deal with the dealer or no deal that's yeah i mean that's some yeah that's some late game deal or no deal strategies right there <laughs> that was free deal or no deal that's is that even a thing anymore i don't think it's a thing anymore but it's there was definitely one, an arcade machine now one time in college i was very sick for like a week and i just stayed in my bed and watched deal or no deal for a week and i honestly feel like there was a point where i You're... lost control of my body and just <laughs> knew i couldn't change the channel you were that big a fan of howie huh it's just like well i grew up on howie actually but we're not gonna get to that story that was back when Howie had hair and he played a cartoon bear on PC games. Wow, here we go. We'll never get to PC nostalgia though because there's way too many games to cover. So All right. that's um that's the treasure chamber in a nutshell. We don't really need to talk about <laughs> that. Yeah, a lot of Holly that. Mandel going on in there. And a lot of... <laughs> so uh, then let's talk about the hot spring chamber. This is the best room oh, in the I whole love game. The this is a nice chamber. relaxing spa. You go into the gold water. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, weird that it's gold. Uh, it could be piss. I, yeah, you know? honestly, <laughs> the first time I went that. in there, I didn't even go in the water because I thought it was going to hurt me. Right. And then the next time I went in there, I was kicking myself, like, the next one I found, which is, like, two hours later because they're so f- infrequent. Mm-hmm. But... And it's an interesting mechanic that 
I don't know why they did it like this, but it's like time based. You you go in there and you slowly recover your health instead of it just going all yeah. the way up to to full. Yeah, yeah. It's like so oh, well, to... I'm not patient, so I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't want the whole yeah. health. I, I feel like it was more of like the effect. Of yeah, like oh, you can feel it rejuvenating yeah. you. I yeah, you're, you're probably right because they made a lot of uh, like decisions like that in this game. Kid Icarus is not a game you can rush through. I want to stress that that like. Yeah, you can try and dodge stuff for a long time, but then you're going to be without items, and you're just going to yeah, be a really right. weak pit in the later stages, which isn't going to help you. So I think, like, you know, similar to how we were talking about, like, Castlevania being a game that requires patience, you mm-hmm. know? And even, like, to an extent, Super Mario Brothers. Like, unless you know those levels, like, back and forth through your head, like, if you're just running through those stages, you're bound to, like, accidentally hit into a Goomba or a yeah. Koopa. You know? That's kind of, like, what this is. is like, you've rushed through this thing too much, you might just bump into enemy bump you might bump (laughs) into enemies like too frequently and then you all of a sudden only have like one hit left Mm -hmm. yeah this uh i i think that with with castlevania though you could just rush through it and you would more or less be the same strength as you were um if you if you took your time Mm -hmm. this one like you said like will actually punish you in the long term which is interesting yeah and I think that, yeah, that's interesting because they both had health meters. They just worked kind of differently. Yeah. Like, this one grows. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's different. All right. So that's the hot spring chamber. Just a nice reminder to, like, slow down. You don't have to rush through the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got plenty it's, of games for you. It's a resting you. station. You, you rest while Pit rests. Yes. I like that. Uh, and then the last one, the training chamber... So the training chamber. Yes. The training chamber is a place where uh, I guess there's a rogue uh, Skyworld like, I, I officer. Actually, for some reason, I don't know if I read this in the manual or on Game Facts, but I'm inclined to believe that that's Zeus. That's just Zeus. That's just Zeus. Does he, uh, he like, doesn't like, feel hey, like he needs to do Maybe give me a hand here. Like maybe yeah. Instead of throwing doors at me or whatever those are. Okay, they're not doors. What are they? I think they they, That's they like definitely some Doctor Strange levels. Yeah, I mean they definitely you know? have a name and there is a real description of what they are. But I thought they were just mirrors. Yeah, mirrors make sense, but yeah. I really just thought it was like you know abstract yeah. projectiles that he's <laughs> just like summoning into existence. That's why I thought he was Zeus. It's just like the platonic ideal of a rectangle. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and just to back up, so he says Zeus apparently says like, "Are you ready for some intense training or something like that?" And then all of a sudden all these rectangles start falling down at you or some of them start to fall but then they swoop to the side and try and clip you from the side. Um, and it's kind of a, a mess. They even like they, they spawn up at the top and some will like, you know, hook left, yeah. hook right. And it, there's like no telling and there's got to be at least five or six on the stage at a time. I think there's more than six. I think it, yeah, there's t- it's like the whole screen. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe I just got overwhelmed and I'm, I'm overestimating but it, it felt like there was a lot. Like too much, yeah. yeah. And then I, I, I didn't even realize at first that you can shoot them. So I was like dead every time. And I, Wait, and I you would were just, just waiting it out. You were just trying to dodge. Them? I was trying. To, I, I was just leaving. I wasn't even trying oh, to beat okay, it. Like, okay. I was like, this is it <laughs> kills like, me every time. And when you leave, Zeus says, "Oh, he, does he, call, he doesn't call you a coward. He calls you. Oh, he says you weakling." Oh wow! Point. But then I realized you could shoot them, and it was still really, really hard. Yeah. So both. So that's how you get. Um, the, the, he, he will um, give you a choice of power-up. And the power-ups are great. Yeah. Okay? So these are this is the thing, okay? If you can endure these levels, which I will say it takes a lot, and you'll probably be worse off leaving this room because you have really low health, but if you can survive it, 
the, the rewards are great because basically you have a choice between two bubbles like floating around you similar to like Gradius style mm-hmm. you know where it's like you have like this protection at all times that's the wand much. right or the... uh, no that's not the wand um, oh yeah that is the wand sorry that's the wand then you can have the bow which will uh, upgrade your bow so this way you shoot further and faster and I think it's on the third upgrade of the bow that you can actually shoot across the screen every time without yeah. fail so that's great and then the last option which i also think is pretty cool but usually is the one i default to last like you know out of all of the strength and like this one last is the fire because all it does is like when you shoot an enemy it just keeps them on fire so they keep doing more damage to them but i found that as as i continued to like upgrade my strength most things were getting killed in one or two hits anyway so but doesn't it also sort of extend the amount of like it makes it a wider hit spread is that what it does i I think it does because every time you shoot a a a fire arrow there's a flame that sort of spirals around it oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay sorry i thought you meant like it it was shooting in like different angles no 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 No, that is true Yeah, yeah yeah so it does do that which is nice because sometimes you think you're lined up with an enemy but you're like slightly off i experience this a lot in the overworld uh section what joe would call the mainland (laughs) the main Uh, no the the main main world world. the main world um in the overworld section those like rocks those rock characters that kept falling from the sky I would be like, oh, gotcha, and point upwards <laughs> yeah. and shoot them, and it would just go just right past them, yep. <laughs> just a little bit. And so it would have been nice to have the fire right, in that situation. That is another thing that it took me a while to like just dawn on me. Like, wait, I can shoot those things instead of trying to like get out of the way of them all the time. Yeah, they shooting were up was lot. so frustrating for yeah. me that I rarely even used it, and then I forgot about it, and then I'd remember and be like, oh, I'm a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I can shoot whatever I want. Except at an angle. I uh, just want to clear something up. So looking into the manual, they never specifically call this guy Zeus, but they do call him a friendly God. Oh, so okay. He should be helping. He should like, not in- make you endorse like strength tests <laughs> if he wants to like save Palutena. But maybe he doesn't give a you know crap about her. Yeah, he's he's old and washed up. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Good to move on to fortresses. Yeah, so so fortresses are sort of the uh, the Bowser's castle of this game. I would say they're more like Zelda dungeons. I, well, I well, would say I, that too. Yeah. I, w- I meant more in like the the grand structure gotcha. of, of the, of the game design yeah, yeah. of of yeah. like level to level. Yeah, but yes, they are structured in such a way that you're actually navigating a labyrinth with which are different rooms. Um, where there can be three exits or two exits or one. Yeah, and you and you actually exit whether it's stage right, stage left, or down, yeah, you know, down or up. It's like you're actually on a new part of the map, and if you go back 
through those doors, you'll go back to those other rooms. And so, you know, playing this game on the NES first, it's like, wow, this is this is like an, you know, Legend of Zelda before Legend of Zelda even right. happened. There yeah. were a lot of things in this game where I thought, I didn't think we would get this until Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's the first time that we've seen really like a non-linear uh, level design. I mean, just even talking about the map, the pencil, and the torch. Yes. Like, those three things are crazy items that you can only find in the fortress level, but the map will then, like, when you go to the start screen, it will have a map in the top right that just shows right. the Which labyrinth. completely but, useless without yeah, the torch Yeah, completely useless, but just... you can't use the other two things right. if you haven't found the map. The pencil will mark uh, where you've been as you go right. through, so it'll kind of, like, outline them in green, but you won't know where you are. And then the torch will tell you where you are in the in the current like space. So it's a good way of getting around, but unfortunately none so, none of those three things help you get any closer to figuring out where the boss is. Yeah, no, so, but I did think that they were necessary, at least for me, because after a while I was retracing my steps so much accidentally. I just needed to know at least the pencil. I needed to know where I've already been so I can know what other room to check. Well, it's a like lot which direction of to go. hoops to jump through just to get like that basic functionality out of it, though. I no. went I went old school on it, guys, and I, I brought I broke out the spreadsheets, you know, and started <laughs> you made uh, you know, mapping it out myself. No, that's I'm old serious. school? Like, Is that the old way of playing this game? The, well, not like specifically Kid Icarus, <laughs> but just like, yeah, those old games, you would draw the map yourself. You know, like you would just feel like, okay, I'm in this box now, and if I go right, I'm in this box, and I would just mark off like what was in that room. So this way I would know if I wanted to go through it again because there are certain rooms that have eggplant wizards. Those are the yes. worst. Okay. This is one of the weirdest features of this game. This, Sean, I can't believe that earlier in this podcast you tried to convince people this wasn't a weird game. No, and but that the credit card was the strangest thing. I, okay, I never said that was the strangest thing. I, maybe I did. But I mean, no, I know I'm only teasing you here. <laughs> but why, like, why eggplant? Like, I mean, I get the whole. Um, it's going to transform you into something me- like useless. But why eggplant? So the the manual has this to offer as, in terms of advice: use the hospital in all <laughs> exclamation marks, and then watch out for the eggplant wizard spells. They'll turn you into an eggplant. <laughs> in parentheses. A fate worse than death. (laughs) Go to a hospital to find a cure. And I just love that, like, the hospital room is completely useless to you if you're in, if you have low health. You know, like, that doesn't matter. They won't see you. There's nobody at the hospital. Kid, you're just bruised. They they specialize in one thing, and that's people who have been turned into eggplants. I do need to do some, uh, I need to look back. Get myself in the mirror real quick, and you're right. I don't know why I find found this that strange. Like everything about early Nintendo or just Nintendo in general is strange. I've been conditioned to understand that mushrooms make me big because it's been so big. But but this kind of this uh, like Kid Icarus, the whole franchise is so foreign to me that I should just take that for granted. Right. Uh, allegedly, uh, Toru Os- Toru Osawa, who was the uh, like guy who originally started the development and idea of Kid Icarus, allegedly he like came up with the idea of putting the eggplants in the game, you know. And when Sakamoto and team like saw it, like apparently nobody questioned it. They're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like we should have these eggplants. We should we should turn Pit into an eggplant. <laughs> uh, there's no verification on that, but that is the story Osawa tells, and I think that's funny. So. Thankfully, like, you avoid those eggplant guys at all costs because it is a pain in the neck 
if you get turned into an eggplant. Especially if you don't have the map-making tools yet. Yeah, because you have to try and find that hospital on your own, and you don't know if you're reverse-tracking or something, so... Uh, basically, getting the eggplant is a fate, wor- a fate worse than death because you basically have to kill yourself if you don't <laughs> want to try and find the hospital. Wait, would it? Uh, I never actually did this, but if you die as the eggplant, do you respawn as the eggplant? I I honestly oh, don't with know. with the code? Yeah, I don't know either. I doubt yeah. it. I don't think okay. you respawn, but I wonder if you were to put the code in. If you put in. the code in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you put eggplant. the code in, no, I feel like it would just start you back at the beginning of the fortress. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Because that would be... Yeah, that would be even outside the the context of the game. Yeah, fate like that's a death. soft lock. Yeah, that's like a, like for the unwilling to go to the hospital. That's yeah. a soft lock. Can we talk about uh, one of my favorite features of the fortresses? Yes, please. Which is so throughout your journey to get to the fortress, you've collected all these hammers, but you've not been able to use them. Now in the fortress, you can find all these centurion uh, statues that are apparently your your friends that have been turned to stone by Medusa. And if you use the hammers on them, you just release them and they fly off. And my first, the first time I went through a fortress, I was like, I didn't even pay any attention to those statues. The second, even time, though there's an icon for the centurion, yeah, there is an icon yeah. at the bottom, but I didn't connect them to the statues. They're okay. like a different color, and I just, I don't know, I just didn't pick up on it. The second time I noticed them, and I was like, oh, start smashing these, these. I guess I'm releasing them. There's I've got five. I didn't know what they were about to do yet either. They were just gone, and I was like, oh, okay. I I released them. I thought it was just points or something. Yeah. Then, when you get to the boss at the end of the stage, which we haven't talked about yet, you suddenly have the amount of centurions you released fighting by your side. Every time you shoot an arrow, they shoot an arrow. They fly around and. And it's fun, but is it. Are they really useful? I think they're useful on certain enemies. I don't. I think they were useful on. Well, I don't want to get into the, no, the that's later fine, stages. That's fine. That's fine. But I just, I guess, what I mean is, is like, you know, they weren't the smartest AI in the batch, <laughs> and they take one hit and they're dead. Right. And it's, and it's like, yeah, what else am I going to use my mallets for? So I get it. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a neat concept, but the damage they're dealing and the like and the length that they stay on the battle for, it's like. This is just more of like a neat concept, like yeah, another nice yeah. little cool it rewards, touch. It rewards exploration. Yeah. I mean, right. it's better to have, but them it's not than like game not. changing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they definitely could have had something more to them that made them more essential. But, but I, I, I still thought they they helped a little bit. Maybe, maybe I was like really wanting them to have. Yeah, been I was help, gonna say like, don't get me helping, wrong. I mean, but, like it's cool. But yeah, I just think it's cool that you have you know like mallets at your ability to you know release people and have them fight for you. But I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. One thing that uh, I want to talk about in the fortresses, but also just happens in later stages, is that those little harmless snake guys have now become the most annoying thing in the world because apparently there are these pots that suspend themselves from the ceiling that just spawn an unlimited amount of the snakes yeah. when you get close to them. And at first I thought, like, oh, it'll just drop, like, four or five and we'll be done with it, right? But it's like, no, they just keep dropping them. (laughs) And it's like, Pitt, why not just shoot the freaking pot? Okay, the pots are indestructible. Clearly. Um, They're actually from Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, yeah, those pots. Wait, 
There are pots in that game that shatter open and reveal snakes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, but they shatter open. Well, I mean, in the olden days. They it, used to not break. They, but they didn't yeah, break. Yeah. They were, they After were perfect. After Pitt defeats Medusa, now all <laughs> pots are, are vulnerable. <laughs> Medusa, the god of pots. <laughs> that's really what she was. Uh, I don't know. That just annoyed me that, like, yeah. you know, this mechanic of just, like, this enemy that's just going to continuously drop because, you know, any little thing that does damage to you does damage to you. And you will have to like pay that price. Like you're not just gonna find another chalice anytime soon. It's it's all stuff that's just weakening you for the boss fight. It's like I got enough to deal with with my own gods throwing mirrors at my face to so test you're, my you're, endurance. You're arguing for like a finite amount of of. Of snakes. Uh, of snakes. Of snakes out of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very, you know, it's a controversial opinion. <laughs> finite amount of snakes. Like, but... you, could run, you could run a campaign on that. I am arguing for a finite amount of snakes. I think, like, yeah, like five snakes out of a pot makes sense. An unlimited yeah. amount? Well, that sounds like some it, of witchcraft. They That's do... Right. They will stop throwing snakes out if you haven't killed any. So luckily, they don't just keep. They can't just be like thirty snakes on a screen. Yeah, that's true. Once you kill them, they'll just replace them. And there with are more. some stages where it's like you know you're kind of going up like a Donkey Kong looking level where it's like yeah, zigzagging, yeah. and the snakes will fall from the top and kind of like swarm their way down swarm. toward you. <laughs> swarm. <laughs> it, it, wor- it works. It works. It's like yeah. It's like yeah. a swarm. I, we all knew what swarming. you meant. Yeah. Like, it was, it's a, it's uh-huh. a word. Okay. So that's that. That's the fortress. Find the boss, and then, uh, you know, we can talk about the bosses if you guys want. Anybody, okay. anybody interested? I would love, in, I, yeah. well, I don't want to be the one to go through the bosses. No, that's I'd fine. Love to, I'll, three I'll of even us give you the, the names, bosses. okay? So up first in World 1, uh, World 1's underworld boss is Twin Bellows, and that is the two-headed dog. Yes. Um, and he's he's red. And, and I, he I don't shoots know. very fast projectiles for. Is there a reason the though why game. they went with two instead of three? Like, isn't Cerebus like yeah, part Cerebus. of part of Greek mythology? Yeah, but like I, I actually think maybe it just would look like a mess of pixels <laughs> if they tried to make <laughs> they him three headed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as far as I know, there could be some other. There's so many monsters in Greek mythology. Maybe there is some other. Yeah, maybe there is a twin thing. bellows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think what's cool about these boss battles, though, is yeah, the sentries show up to fight, but you also like have a boss health meter in the in the corner that says like. 150, and you have to try and get that down. So you have, like, an idea of what you have to do. But the bosses do take a ton of shots to to get rid of, but they also have a pattern that, you know, is fairly readable. Like, I didn't find Twin Bellows to be, like, you know, oh, there's a really tough boss. Like, what am I going to do? It was just like, oh, he jumps, I go the other way, I shoot him. Now, would you say that they telegraph anything, or you just have to learn the... No, I think you have to learn the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. We're still not at that stage yet where things are being telegraphed. Yeah. Uh, In any of these boss fights, by the way, for kids. That's what I'm looking for. Well, the second one, I guess it's not really, there's not, like, specific attacks, but the second one, there's a very distinct pattern. You're talking about Hugh Draw? Yes. (laughs) Hugh Draw, uh, the blue snake... Yes. Yeah. He. It, it, there is like a, um, like a. What is it? Like a, a zigzag. Like yeah. A, sort like of a, like a like a like endless pattern. W's. Yeah. He's making like uh, endless yeah. W's. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know. Or M's. I found this one to be the toughest of the three because I I'm pretty sure only the head can yes. take damage, and you don't really want to get in the way of something that's constantly making diagonals across the stage. So you really have to just wait for that opportune time. To do damage to it. And it takes forever. And it takes yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a forever yeah. fight. My yeah. strategy was, yeah, just I know exactly where, where to jump and where to jump, when to jump away. 
I can hit him maybe once or twice, jump away, hit him once or twice. Unfortunately, he takes like four damage every hit, and he has like 200 Yeah, he has HP. the most health, I think, actually. I never got to another boss after okay. this. So. Uh, I don't know if he has exactly the most health, but he has a ton of health given what he does. What's 50 hits? And then, yeah, like yeah. seriously. What's but when, when you're jumping like around this? and you gotta, dot, you, gotta, you gotta hide for a while. You, you know, when you're, used to, when you're used to four hits at max killing any enemy, yeah. what's 50 <laughs> for a boss? <laughs> Uh, so you have you have those, and then the last guy, Pandora, which uh, the manual says is the source of all evil. Okay, <laughs> maybe that should be the wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess we're opening Pandora's box here with this villain. But Pandora is this bubble character that also switches between being tangible and then going to be visible, <laughs> invisible. But you can still like I don't know if it was meant to be on purpose, but. You can see the outline of him if you, like, look hard enough at your screen. So this way you know where he'll, like, pop back in. Oh, okay. That might have been on purpose. Yeah, like, it was nice, and I I, I don't know. I just felt like he was really easy, and I'm not even so sure that the, his bubble himself can attack you. All I right, think it's so, just the balls that fly around the screen that can hurt you. So I think Pandora, uh, while she may be the source of all evil, doesn't mean that she's particularly, like powerful it's it's much like you know in spongebob the dirty bubble like that's what this is like where you're fighting the dirty bubble like this at least it wasn't a jimmy neutron to tie it to nickelodeon though i thought of the dirty bubble but when you said that you can sort of see the outline i thought of dotted line girl if that's that's not too deep of a cut that's a pretty deep cut you rugrats fans out there there we go um and chucky he drives the car uh (laughs) there you go you know what i'm talking about yep uh so that those are the bosses of the fortress and each one of them is kind of guarding a treasure that is is that Paul Lieutenant's. We treasure? haven't even touched on the three treasures. That's right. Yeah, we I don't know. Well you don't get to use them until later. Yeah, anyway. but you th- that them. is the driving yeah, force of the story. Yeah, the whole idea is that you have to collect these um the what is it, the mirror shield, the light arrows, and the wings of Pegasus. I think it's the arrows of light. Okay. <laughs> The nobody, of light. nobody knew what you meant. The other yeah, time. when I said light arrows, people were like, well, who, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, the I'm turning off this podcast. Yeah, like he has no credibility. Uh, but interestingly enough, okay, so you've collected the mirror shield, you've collected the arrows of light, and the wings of Pegasus, and then all of a sudden in stage four, you get like this nice little cutscene where you transform using that equipment. Like you weren't able to use it at any other point in the game, but now that you have all three, you have. The mirror shield to repel enemy bullets. You have the arrows of light to shoot lasers. And then you have the wings of Pegasus to finally be able to fly. And that's right. In stage four, you're flying. A total game changer. I I think I think so. I, I agree. And I didn't I do plan on beating this game, but I didn't get to it, so I, I watched some footage of it just to see what it was all about. And it looks like it is a total game changer. All of a sudden it it, like all of a sudden it's a shmup. Yeah. Yeah, so I I I used a lot of the passwords um, because I couldn't beat any of these things, really. They're there, Sean. Um, <laughs> I was able to get into the first fortress, but not beat it. But anyway, I so I used the password to get to the uh, the shmup levels. and um, There's only one. Level mm-hmm. with, you know, sub-levels. Yeah. Yes. But, um, I mean, it's it's serviceable. It's passable. I think it's just a fun change. Yeah. I think it's very flawed. All oh, right? yeah. We're not playing, like, Gradius-level no. gameplay mm-hmm. here. We're we're playing a game that was supposed to be an action platformer and is now 
uh, a, a shmup. You know, it's like now all of a sudden you have to like learn how to like yeah. play that kind of style of a game, and it's slow. And it's, there's a thing. This is a thing that uh, that Nintendo seems to do a lot. It's like, all right, we got a perfectly good system right now of uh, of like an action platformer, and now here's a water level, or right. no, now here's the uh, the flying level, and it's. It, it, it's telling. Like, they're going to keep doing this. But only Nintendo would do this. You don't yeah. see in, like, Castlevania all of a sudden Simon gets on a motorcycle exactly. and drives through <laughs> the courtyard. You know, it's like you don't have to do any of, like, that kind of on-rails thing in, in those other platforms. It's just for Nintendo, but maybe that's just because they like to spice it up. I will say that another thing uh, that was, like, something Sakamoto wanted to do with this game was, like, Stage 4 was just added at the very end. Like, oh. of development. Mm. Like, it was just, like, a cool way to surprise players and do, like, something different with it. Did they just want to end the game at... I think it was just going to end with a Medusa fight, but they didn't plan on it being, like, on rails and have it, you know... So, like, so this is on rails. Like, you're... You, the screen... It's a scro- autom- scrolling automatic scrolling. Screen, yep. Okay. Automatic scrolling I didn't realize screen, that from yep. watching. Yeah, and that that's a bit of a bummer because, uh, you know, your lasers, as, as awesome as they are... They're not perfect, and a lot of times you'll aim to shoot an enemy and you won't be able to actually land a hit on them, and then they'll come charging at you. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, your mirror shield isn't good at blocking, like, physical charges. Yeah, it breaks the mirror. Yeah. So so you take damage for that. But Stage 4 also doesn't have, like, a finite end to it. You have to collect a certain amount of hearts to get to the Medusa fight. Then and only then... Can you get to the Medusa fight? I guess I just assumed that when I played that that level, I just you didn't notice you were looping. End. No, I thought it was just that like that was just the the pattern. Yeah, no, you you keep looping, uh, and I think you have to collect a certain amount of hearts. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'll I'll double check myself, of course. Uh, but then you get to the Medusa fight, and it's kind of lackluster. Yeah, I've, I found it. Easier, easy. And, and yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but does Medusa not have HP displayed? Medusa does not have HP displayed as far as I remember. Yeah, I thought that was kind of actually, even though I didn't play it, so maybe I would have a different idea if I was if I was going through that, but I thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. She has less health than yeah. some of the bosses really? in the fortress, which is weird, but I think it's like kind of like Final ominous. Fantasy. Like, yeah, you don't know, yeah, you don't know like how much you have to, how long you're going to have to fight this, uh, you know, this villain. Yeah. And... You know, there there's some interesting things going on. Like she's summoning the snakes out of her hair, but like also she's like attached to a wall. Yeah, it's like a, she's really big. Like, yeah, she doesn't yeah. have a body. Isn't she like inside of that thing too? After you after you beat her, doesn't like something open up and you see like the yeah it was like you're standing there. Yeah, yeah, it was like she was projecting herself yeah. onto the wall. It, it was all very strange. It feels like a fever dream. Um, <laughs> and she's shooting like these projectiles at you, but as long as you just block them with the mirror shield. Granted, she's always spamming them. Yeah, but unfortunately, like and you know, I understand this game was a little bit rushed to the market. But there's a spot where you can just perfectly stand and hit her in the eye and not have to, like, worry about taking damage. And that's just disappointing because, like, you know, in Gradius, there we talked about sweet spots. But there was never, like, a spot where it's like, oh, just stay right here and you'll just be yeah. able to defeat it. And it's kind of, like, cheap that that's, like, a final boss exploit. So I know that you mentioned that they that they just threw the final level in at the end, but th- th- this is the first I'm hearing that this was, a, like, a rushed game. I didn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we can get into that in a second, but, yeah, the development for this game is uh, is something that Nintendo probably didn't want known, 
Uh, but Osawa, uh, I guess, like, departed with the company and kind of did, like, a tell-all eventually. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, he says some crazy things uh, oh, wow. during during that. <laughs> uh, but that's the game. And uh, you after that, you get to the ending screen where you meet Palutena again. And you get one of... Five endings. And yeah. that blew my mind. <laughs> what, the, the idea that there's... The multiple endings. I used to always think about one of my favorite games, Chrono Trigger. Uh-huh. I used to think, like, wow, it's amazing that a, Super Nint- a late Super Nintendo game had multiple endings. And now I'm seeing that, like... I mean, they're not, obviously, they're, these endings yeah. aren't the, choice The complexities based, are but, different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But still, just the fact that they have it is, is pretty amazing to me. Unfortunately, Joe, you weren't on our Mighty Bomb Jack episode, but <laughs> Mighty there, Bomb Jack has alternate endings. Are there endings. alternate endings? Yeah. As well. There's a best ending where the entire family is saved. Yeah. That's but the everything else ending. is suboptimal, where like you have dead dead brothers and shit. <laughs> I've yet to play this game, but I, yeah. but I will have to play it. Uh, so that's that. But the the interesting thing is how you get the endings, because I I was expecting a pretty good ending for my for myself. I thought like, oh, I I played this game pretty well. So what did you get? Um, I think I got like the second worst ending. Like, so not you the, were like a so guard, you got a helmet and a yeah, weapon. Yeah, exactly. I got the helmet and the thing. Um. And so just so that you guys know, it's it's determined by how you maxed out your stats. So hearts at 999, strength at 5, endurance at 5, and all three weapons acquired. If you have all of those, you'll get the perfect ending. And then for each one that you don't have, you'll go down a step in the endings. So the, the, the best ending... The or, best ending is great. Yeah, you, uh, you become a, a, a big boy. Uh, <laughs> you become big boy. You, 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 grow, you grow to about the height of Palutena. <laughs> And, About. <laughs> yeah. She's very and, tall. Yeah, and then um, you, you get a little peck on the cheek. <laughs> and, it's uh, a modest game. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, like, the, the, the background opens up, and there are just cherubs everywhere, and, like, it's a celebration. Yeah, and they're throwing hearts on you and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, and, that's kind of a slap in the face to anybody who didn't choose to max out the yeah. heart. Something that's yeah. clearly, like, the hardest thing if to you, do. Yeah, if you do something that is, like, I can't do it. If you just beat the game in any way... You you're just a lowly farmer, yeah. and that's not a that's right. not a spec against nobody, farmers for me. And oh. also, you you have saved the world, you saved the world. And the cherubs can't be bothered to yeah. come out and throw some flower petals on you. Like, like oh, oh, thanks a, yeah. thanks a lot. You don't have it wasn't that impressive. <laughs> you don't have nine hundred ninety nine hearts. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys think Chubby Cherub is in that batch? of cherubs? I think yeah, I think yeah. he's one of them. They're they're, they're like. Immortal, right? Like, because like, Chubby Cherub takes place in like the 1970s. So I was just wondering Does if you think he was. Because a... oh, you're in like a city. <laughs> you you don't There's follow credit the cards everywhere. Chubby Cherub. <laughs> Why is it the 70s? Uh, for those of you who are listening to a more important episode like Kid Icarus, Chubby Cherub was a game that came out last year, uh, 1986. Uh, yeah, last year, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you play as uh, Chubby Cherub who has to save his friends. He's afraid from of dogs. dogs. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but those of you who listen to that episode, you guys, are the real MVP. <laughs> um, anyway, I will I will humor you with this though, Sean. So you thought that the farmer was the worst ending. I thought that was the worst and it ending. is the worst ending in the polite North American version. <laughs> However, in the Japanese Famicom Disk System version, there is. A worse ending where you will actually just turn into a speck nose. 
Those what? guys what? with the giant cool. noses and the mustaches and the you eyes. You save the world and you're punished? You're punished. You turn to a speck nose and like, you suck at this game. Wait, <laughs> so are, are there? is that an additional? Are there five endings plus that worst one? Or does that replace the worst I ending? actually think it might replace the farmer because okay. I can't imagine like... Oh, yeah, what else could you do wrong? A scenario <laughs> where you don't have all three weapons yeah. acquired. <laughs> like maybe the speck nose is only acquired if you did cheats. Like to use oh, a password okay. to get there, and you just didn't do any, you know, like you know, your password didn't include any of the things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for power ups, but man, what a ride! Is and the- I know, <laughs> like, we haven't really talked about the RPG elements of this too much in terms of like leveling up strength and leveling up endurance, and it's like, well, because those things don't really like happen in the same way like an RPG does. No. And the effects are like barely noticeable. Like, yeah. like they're they're needed. Because, there is progression. But, yeah, but yeah. it's like. To the sense where when you start World 2, the enemies that um, that you were fighting in the previous thing are no longer around. It's these new enemies, and they take more hits. So naturally, you need yeah. your strength to grow in order to get them back to that similar level. It's not a. It's not like, a, oh, you can sort of customize how you want to play. It's like, no, you need to be like this if you're going to continue. And now for the for the cool moment, when the game ends, and you've gotten your ending and everything like that... Uh, I think it says press start to continue, and you press start, and the game starts right back from the beginning, and you're like, huh, what's going on? It's a new game, plus. You keep your You, you keep, keep your, your progression. Oh. Which is the other thing, that, that, the other thing that I always am like, wow, I can't believe Chrono Trigger did this, a game that comes out years later. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm amazed that yeah, they did this. I, also, I can't Chris. wait to see how many more examples there are than just this game when it comes to those <laughs> yeah. things. Like, New Game Plus, I mean, like, if, if Kid Icarus was able to think about it, other games I mean, I too. don't, I never thought with Chrono Trigger that, like, it was the first game. I just thought that the other games that did it were around the Super Nintendo time and not on the NES. But hey, remember in stage 1-1, the very first door you come across and it's empty? Yeah. Not in New Game Plus. Oh. It's a party, right? <laughs> no, it's that'd be so cool. <laughs> it's actually just a Medusa fight right away. Like, <laughs> no, um, it's actually a chance to uh, level up your strength if you haven't already maxed it out. It's a, it's a oh, way to okay. get your strength up again. So you would you could still become Big Boy Pit. Well, I think yeah, uh, I, I think like maybe I think that might be what the whole point of New Game Plus is though, is that like a lot of people on their first playthrough won't get Big Boy Pit and <laughs> just stupid. Is that canonically uh, what he's called? Yeah, I, I actually don't. Yeah, he's just a grown man. I guess. <laughs> uh, can I also ask too? Did uh, Mike you beat the game right? Yes. Did you and, and you said you got the second ending or the second best, second worst ending? Second or worst ending. Yeah. Did you get like a a story at the end saying like Medusa has been defeated and yada 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 like a whole screen of a paragraph? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was only the video I watched because then I watched the video of all the endings. The video I watched only showed that on the last one, but probably just because it was going to be the same. Every I'm time. pretty sure I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. It, happens. it happens like immediately after the Medusa yeah. fight. Yeah. Well, no, it happens after you meet Palutena and right, right, yeah. right. That's right. what I mean. Okay. Okay. Um, because also I, I just remember noticing that it says. The new game plus might explain this, but it says, "Whatever you've beaten Medusa, yada yada yada." But in order to maintain peace, Pitt's struggle continues, and that's it. It doesn't tell you like what they mean. Oh, well, maybe, so maybe they're it's... teasing the Game Boy game. Yeah, oh, you know, uh, yeah, there was a Game Boy game, Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, which was released in 1991. So there's some time for that, but it plays very much the same exact way as this one. And it just a little, just a little like clunkier, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, 
I think it's a it's a pretty impressive game for the Game Boy in the sense that it's doing all the same things that Kid Icarus was doing. Very cool. Um, and another thing that we didn't really talk about at the top is uh, how great the like movement feels in this game. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but yeah, this is another game. Uh, very rarely, I mean, you know, we, I wasn't feeling it in Castlevania, but this game gets the jump right. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think next to Super Mario Brothers, this is you know this is the best game. This is the best movement other than Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I think that jump is fantastic. Uh, another thing we didn't talk about though, the music. Right. The music in this game, I don't know about you guys, but when I booted up this game and, it, you know, like the title screen comes down and you hear that like whistle, like all of a sudden <laughs> that just commands my attention. Like usually I'm like hit press start just to get through the game's opening. But here I'm like, huh, what's going on? And then some like little synths come in. Next thing you know, we got like a bass drop and yeah. there's like, you know, like there's all these things going on. Yeah, and then there's a laser light show. You hear like DJ Khaled in the yeah. background. <laughs> No, I mean, this is the most complex uh, like intro we've seen so far. There's, like, scrolling and stuff. Right. It commanded my attention, and I had to listen to the whole song. And then you go right into World War One, and you have that little, like, march song. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go up through the underworld, and I'm going <laughs> to tackle this, uh, this business. Right. This business. <laughs> business. Well, the point where the music really grabbed me the most was where the, the tipping point for me was the first fortress and all the fortresses. Yeah, that, the fortress that... is, like... The way the music builds on itself there is super cool, and it is like... Um, Can you play it here? Uh, well, I probably already played it. Oh, okay. Uh, when we were talking <laughs> about the Fortresses Who themselves. are you, Joe? <laughs> yeah. I only really ever play when Sean asked me. No, last week you didn't. <laughs> Everybody go back and listen to the Castlevania episode. Mike refused to play a song Sean asked for. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never hear the game over music in Castlevania. <laughs> Thank God. I never want to hear it again. Do-do-do-do. Uh, no, that's not it. That's... um. <laughs> Super that's, Mario Brothers 2. Yeah, that, that, that sounded to me like when you were about to fight a boss in Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. That's right, right. But I think uh, in, <laughs> in Kid Icarus, think, in Kid Icarus uh, the music is sort of a mixed bag. There are some, some bangers in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I actually um, think some of them are on now. That's what I call NES music. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I guess this sort of is attributed to the fact that it was a rushed uh, uh, ending. But the, the music that plays during the last... Uh, the the last episode, like where you're, you've got the, on the rails. scroll. Yeah, you're on rails. Like it's pretty basic, and it's just a loop. Or maybe they just intended it that way. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think it has to do with the rush there, uh, because we have some good tracks. I really like even the credit track at the end. It like has like a nice little like movement through everything. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so I'm a fan of the game's music. But I do think it's time we get into some development talk since I've been teasing this for so long now. Uh, I know some fans of the game like it when uh, I do that right off the bat because then you can just tune out of the rest of the episode. (laughs) But I'll put a a chapter marker right here so this way you guys can jump right to it. Smash that chapter marker. That is right. We put chapter markers in the episodes, and I think by the time this episode's come out, iOS 12 is now like public, so if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it's now a standard feature. But most apps, uh, most good podcast apps have chapter support already. So <laughs> That was a criticism of your podcast app. Yeah. So uh, development for this game is crazy because uh, we, know, like, we know who directed it, and we know who... Uh, was like involved in pr- in producing it and stuff, but we don't know like who exactly was the programming team on this game and who was directly responsible for the ideas and concepts. So here's here's like the the little rundown for you, okay? Uh, Toru or Toru Osawa debuted the um, as a video game designer for Nintendo and like 
within months they had asked him like hey make your own game and it's like that's crazy but they're following like that whole Miyamoto storyline where it's like hey look at this guy like he used to just design art and then one day he made Donkey Kong like let's (laughs) give everyone a shot like anyone can make it here at this company so he was the only staff member working on the game at the beginning of the project imagine being one guy so he's programming most of the game and then he either went on to work with Tos uh, who we've talked about in the past they make uh, games. They, yeah, they make yeah, games secretly. as like a, yeah, a secret yeah. organization that makes games. <laughs> it's an ancient cable. organization. Yeah. That... So he either makes it with them or, weirdly enough, Intelligent Systems, which is like a Nintendo second party thing. Like they've had a very long relationship with them. Intelligent Systems, one of Sean's favorite games on the NES, Soccer. Uh, oh, okay. was made. Not my favorite. Uh, no, one of your favorites. Uh-huh, you put it in your best of 85. Yeah. Um, that was so, like 10 games. Okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, there were 17 games. Yeah, whatever, Mike. Anyway, uh, so it was either one of the two or neither. Who knows because the story gets so complex. But he worked with them on development, and it's only after Metroid's completion uh, that the rest of the team joins. And the rest of the team, of course, being like Sakamoto and crew, who, of course, now we know about Sakamoto. We talk about him like on all these different episodes, Wrecking Crew, uh, and the like, and soon on our Metroid episode, we're going to be talking a bunch about him. But Sakamoto was very cruel during the uh, direction of this game because I feel like he had just finished Metroid, which was kind of like his baby, and then he comes over to this, sees where it's at, and says, oh, we're in trouble here. Like, like this is not... Like, this game needs a lot of work. And it's like, well, yeah, you let one guy try to program... Like, Miyamoto by himself, like, and with some programming guys, worked on Donkey Kong... You know, you asking one guy to make a game like Kid Icarus, that's a different story in 1986. But this isn't point. this sort of Osawa's own fault because they just told him to make a game? Yeah, yeah. And he, he designed bit off this more in- than he can chew. He designed this incredibly elaborate game that was supposed to be incredibly serious at the start, <laughs> but then eventually became a funny game. But Sakamoto went as far as like. You know, everybody was – they were, like, tearing up cardboard boxes and using them to make beds to sleep in the office. Oh like, this is these are, like, confirmed stories, apparently. And then Osawa, uh, you know, he couldn't get away from the office, but he eventually um, got married during the development of this okay. game. Uh, instead of taking a honeymoon, he just takes off two, uh, two or three days – and this is all from Osawa's point of view, I have to mention. By the way, Sakamoto has never, like, said whether this is true or not. But he's at home with his wife, and Sakamoto calls on the second day and says, yeah, this isn't working. You have to come back. And he drags him out of his own, like, short honeymoon to bring him oh back into the office God. and work on Kid Icarus. Just to show you how, you know, tough Nintendo is over there. And, there's you know, there's Japanese work pride there, you yeah, know, in, yeah. at play. But, of course, Osawa did go back and uh, help finish the game. So then the game comes out for it's for the Famicom Disk System in Japan, uh, which has the ability to save. That's really cool. No passwords. You just save your file. And there's no staff role, uh, like oh. no credits at the end of the game. They couldn't be added in time. Uh, they were really rushing the development of the game. And uh, in the North American version... It was added, uh, there was a staff role added, but without Osawa's name. That, okay, I guess I just didn't notice, because it, th- this Osawa is a new name to me, because when I wa- I did watch the credits, and I did not notice that name. Well, here's why, Sean. They misspelled his name and wrote it as Inusawa. Inusawa. 
I-N-U-S-A-W-A, which so is just crazy. adding like a different sound even, not even, yeah, not even just adding a letter that could be in his name. No, his <laughs> name like, can't be pronounced the way it's pronounced. Right, we don't them. know if like, you know, it's like a translation error who like, we don't know that the, ja- you know, that like Sakamoto and crew were like actively sabotaging this. Like, I don't <laughs> think that way of Sakamoto for the record, but uh, even Sakamoto himself recalls, you know, that the way that they rushed out the game was just... Customers were perfectly willing to play it, and we were perfectly willing to make it that way. That's wow. a direct quote from Sakamoto on this game that he probably feels wasn't finished. Uh, so I don't think he looked at this game very fondly, and maybe that's why Nintendo really like never continued with it because there isn't like a, you know, a great feel about yeah. about the about the it game in general. Brings back bad memories, I guess. Yeah. talked about the Game Boy release uh, of Myths and Monsters and uh, the 3DS uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, which I, I would actually highly recommend everybody at least try because it's a incredibly hard-to-play game. Like, it's not fun controls at all, and, and you either love it or you hate it. But oh, okay. It, it's really hard to do because it's all on rails, the entire game. Uh, the game actually starts with Pit, you know, essentially, like, it picks up right where the NES game left off and even, like, <laughs> makes a nod that he just defeated Medusa and now he has his wings. And Politena's like, yes, this is my gift to you, Pit. Like, but the game is so, like, so meta and so, like, funny and and weird and quirky. And if, if it's um, Sakurai style so like especially, it. but, like, yeah, yeah, but I think it's just, like, it's just so weird where where they went with it, but also like you know if you look at the original game, the original game was weird, you know, so it makes sense to take it in that route. It's honestly it's just fun to watch that game on like YouTube, like watch a long play of it because the entire game, since it's on rails, is basically like you just watching uh, like a like an hour long, like a nine hour long movie, you know, <laughs> like you're just watching this constant conversations between people. Interesting. Uh, and, you know, of course, that's how we get Dark Pit and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, there's just there's just a lot of a lot of funny commentary going on in that game. So I highly recommend it. That game came out in 2012. And, of course, now Pit and Politena both are in uh, Smash Ultimate. So there's plenty of Kid Icarus to go around. But I'd like to see another more traditional Kid Icarus game. I don't think the Rails thing was a bad idea. But I'd like to see something maybe more in in line with the exploration RPG elements. So was it in any way like was the Rails portion just like nine hours of the final uh, level? Yes, in a sense, but think more like Star Fox sixty four. Okay, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Or Star Fox in general. I just like to call out Star Fox sixty four whenever I can. But enough <laughs> about uh, other video games and enough about Kid Icarus. It's time to get right down to the bottom of it. Let's bring it into our essential games list. <laughs> All right, guys, the Essential Games list. We've had fun talking about this game, but now we got to get real with it, okay? There's only three of us, so you need two, all right? Unfortunately, people would like to think that you just need one vote to get in. <laughs> You're going to need at least a majority here, so that's going to be two. Two votes to get in. Sean, start us off. I'm going to handicap you guys. 
Um, I because I'm not going to put it in the essential games list. Uh, I think this introduces a lot of cool elements. Uh, it, it shows the complexity of games are are going to grow. Uh, they're going to mix a bunch of new ideas as time goes on. Uh, this is a very encouraging game, uh, just in general of console game design. Um, I didn't have too much fun with it though. I was I was impressed around a bunch of corners, uh, just looking at those different mechanics um, and how they, they they sort of squished them together. Um, but I I didn't have too much fun playing it, so it's a no for me, dog. All right, that is one no, Joe. Are you going to keep the game alive? All right. So this has a lot of the elements that I would personally like in a game, especially a retro game. And I mean, it, it makes it feel like it's a coherent like quest or adventure. It's got a maybe one of the maybe the deepest plot we've had so far. The um, plot, though, is mostly just yeah. You're right. The, it is in the manual. In a manual. It is in the manual, but it is there for me to like. It's there. It's, yeah, don't forget it's it there made... for me. When I was Super reading Mario manual, Brothers had a plot. Right. But I think this might have been deeper. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, we, I can't remember. Did anybody the get Mario turned Mario into blocks? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So when I was reading the manual before I played, I was thinking this is the kind of manual that like I would have loved reading when I was in you know in the car ride home and couldn't play my game yet or like <laughs> yeah I, yeah, I know, know what you mean and, and, and then yeah. I would have all this context to the story so granted it's a little little bit of cheating because essential it, manuals list <laughs> right it's a little bit cheating because the story's not in the game <laughs> but with the context that that makes it better for me but also just the fact that you can you can s- sort of save it with the password system I mean that makes it more of like a like a quest to me too because I would never beat this game in one sitting um, and then Beyond that, like adventure element of it, the fact that the movement is so good, the fact that you you have items and like RPG elements, I really liked this game, uh, and I think I liked it better than Castlevania, which Whoa. I put on the essential games list. So mm-hmm. I vote this essential. All right, there she blows. <laughs> Here I go, dog. It's my <laughs> it's my turn. Um, for those of you that might be a little confused, let me just say that we look at these games if they're essential today. We don't like look at them in terms of the context of that time because cer- you know certainly if we did it that way, games would just progressively become more essential because things would just get better. Right. We're All of eighty nine is essential, right? Um, so here's where I'm at with this game, and this is gonna be this is gonna be controversial, I'm sure, uh, to both the listeners and to the people in the room, but. As of right now, this game to me is essential, okay? And I guess what I mean is is that when we do our recaps for the end of years and stuff like that, we have a chance to either, like, put new things on the essential games list or take them off, but it requires, like, everyone in the group to either vote it on or vote it off. It can't be, like, one person still says nay or yay. But right now I'm feeling pretty good about Kid Icarus being an essential game, Don't get me wrong, there are certainly flaws. It's a very difficult game. Uh, But I actually think, like, you know, especially the fact that I was able to beat it and I couldn't even beat Castlevania, a game that is, like, much shorter and yet, like, you know, probably, in my opinion, like, controls a little bit better other than the jump. Uh, I think, like, 
for me, what's what's so exciting about Kid Icarus is all these like new things that I'm seeing for the first time on, on an NES game that I'm I'm sure we'll see in certain other NES games, but there's no doubt that I'll probably make those ones essential as well. I think it's just really cool that in 2018 I can be surprised by what an NES game has to offer. And I think like that's why this should go on the essential games list. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not even saying it's close to a 10 out of 10. I'm saying this is a really... Uh, unique game to me that uh, that stood with me as I was playing it and made me like want to go back each day and progress a little further. Type in my password, load up my game, give it another go. Uh, it did get a 3DS Classics release as well, which had like some fake 3D looks to it. So maybe try that version if you're looking for a way to get a hold of it. But yeah, I I I'm not like too concerned with my option of like one day maybe I'll remove this if I if I feel like it. But for right now I feel pretty good about putting it on the essential games list. And there it is. <laughs> And uh, that is all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. If you are happy or angry with uh, Kid Icarus being on the Essential Games list, write in and let us know. Or write in uh, to us about anything. Seriously, it doesn't have to be NES related. But um, Just ask us about our day. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> please. No one looks at me anymore. Um, <laughs> they only listen. And you can listen on any podcast <laughs> app and hit that subscribe button. Uh, because every Friday we're bringing you new episodes. And, you know, there's just no telling where I'll stop with uh, <laughs> with nostalgia because there's 700 games, and I'd like to do 700 weeks of this, of this podcast. Uh, speaking of this podcast, it wouldn't be possible without your support, so be sure to go on to NostalgiaCast.com. That's N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-Cast.com to check out all the articles that we have on there, all the uh, – we have, like – detailed sections for show notes for each episode as well as like cool images and uh personal thoughts and reviews you just really never know what you're going to get on that website so that's why i recommend doing it you just listed everything on that website. speaking (laughs) of you never know you never know what you're going to see on our twitter feed which uh updates daily with some really cool nes stuff and i'm not talking about like some garbage like screenshot of a game like does anyone else remember Kid Icarus like <laughs> nobody remembers Kid Icarus until this episode but <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about like we're posting like really cool stuff like the NA the NES M8 demo uh which is really cool to see and a lot of AVS stuff that I feel like people haven't seen so certainly, like even if you don't want to follow us on Twitter, just check us out there because it's a really cool place for us to kind of like make an archive of all Nintendo stuff. I feel like when you do these really drawn out like uh, closeouts, yeah, I feel like I need a hype button. Hype because like you you do you do our best advertisement once most of our listeners have stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to figure something out about that. Maybe, maybe we since we don't have ads. Yeah. Another great thing about our podcast, uh, since we don't have ads, maybe we should put ads in the middle of the show for, for, the, our, podcast. for the podcast. <laughs> that like, they're listening to. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, feeling down? We have NostalgiaCast.com <laughs> where you can listen to all your episodes, all your favorite episodes all over again. You can even listen to the first half of this episode again. Mm-hmm. And you can download it, too, because we have high-res episodes, a feature I did not mention. So they didn't know everything before, but now they certainly do. <laughs> um, no, because the Essential Games list is also on the website. That's all. Uh, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. See you next week.